0: Well, hello, everyone. This is Dr. Eileen, and this is a Daily Dose of Medicine Walk. And for those of you who are listening in on Blog Talk Radio, this is Healing House Radio. So I hope everybody's doing well, and I hope everyone is doing... Well, hello, Luna. I hope everyone's doing, you know, okay, whatever the climate and both energetic and social and and weather climate that you're experiencing. Well, come on up. Come on. Come on. So Luna just decided to come in from outside because whenever she hears me start to talk, and, you know, since I live alone, she figures that if I'm talking out loud, then I must be doing a video. And, of course, she's got to get in on that. Oh, fine. So, um... As I said, I hope everyone's doing well. And these are tremendously dynamic times. And the type of energy that can be evoked can be a very strong one and a very uh, assertive one. And I had somebody talk to me recently about the fact, well, are empaths automatically pacifists? And the short answer to that is absolutely not necessarily. It is within each person's nature um, where their lines are drawn. And, and what is it that will trigger a, shall we say, vigorous response to something? And do empaths get mad? Of course we do, just like everybody else. Um, just because we can resonate with someone's energy does not mean that we will agree with it or that we will condone it. Empaths are very clear on what they feel is just, unjust, and we are not ones to sit out a fight if it's necessary. So um, I wanted to address this because I have had it brought up to me before that, you know, people, I can't be empathic because... I do martial arts or because I enjoy wrestling or because, you know, I, I, you know, like battle movies. Yeah, you can be an empath and enjoy martial arts because I enjoyed martial arts and a very aggressive form of martial arts. Um, I fought in tournaments and yes, I'm an empath. And there are times when being an empath in a fight can be a definite advantage Because we can project, and if I can project strength to someone, if I can project, you don't want to mess with me to someone. If it's in a a combative situation, yeah. And there have been times, you know, I used to work retail, and I could use my empathy either to calm down a frazzled customer, or to establish order and say, all right, you know, that, that will be enough of that shouting and you will not curse at these people. You know, we are workers. I will take care of what it is you need, but we're going to do this in a civil way. And empaths can exert authority because we know we can, and that we can be assertive if we need to. Often, you know, I really don't use my empathy a lot in dealing with people. I enjoy using my empathy when I'm out walking in the woods, when I'm interacting with animals. But the idea that it is necessary to um, to say, you know, well, I'm going to be a bully. No, we don't bully with empathy. We don't. We don't dominate or at least I don't agree with that. I I've, I've never agreed with using empathy to project and bend someone's will because I do believe and we've talked about that that you know ultimately each person has their own autonomy and they will exert it you know whether they're being influenced or not. And ultimately you cannot make somebody do something that you want them to do that goes against their core being. So In light of that, but empaths who know that they can work with it will utilize it to create an advantage in a situation of conflict. And um, if you don't think an empath can be fierce, picture a very protective empathic mother who perceives the fear that her child is experiencing. You don't think that can fire up an empath? Well, you didn't know me when my kids were younger. Um, there was one situation where a boy had pushed my son off his bike. And my then husband had a tendency, whenever anything came up with my sons, the first thing he would look at, do is look at me and go, calm down. And I would say, I am calm. And he knew that that was one of the worst things I could say was, I am calm. Because he knew that I was like this close to going off. So I went out and, you know, he pointed out the young man who pushed him off his bike. And, you know, he was one of the little young toughs in the neighborhood. So I walked up to him and we were standing in front of a house that had these two pit bulls. And they were just, I mean, they would just bark and growl. They they had a high fence, so they couldn't get over the fence. But they would bark and growl and snarl and all that stuff. And I'm standing in front of the fence and I look at this young man and I say, did you push my son off his bike? And he, you know, kind of smirks at me because he he was known. He was actually we ended up becoming very good friends after that. And he was I treated him well and he treated me well because we came to an understanding that day. So he says, you know, it's like, no, I didn't. And that attitude and that tone triggered and you know and I could sense my son's fear as he was you know dealing with this and I looked at him as like and in a loud very loud voice and I said don't you lie to me boy and the two pit bulls laid down because I was on full you know just like just projecting mode And the young man stopped and his eyes got big and he stopped. And I said, let me make it very clear to you. You will not place your hands on my sons again. Is that clear? Yes. I said, you will call me ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So, you know, that was the end of it. Never touched my sons again. And I saw him at the school and he was in one of the groups that I, um, that I was chaperoning and I noticed he didn't have a jacket and I noticed that he didn't have a lunch and the kids were supposed to bring a lunch. And I always, whenever I deal with kids, I always bring an extra lunch. And so we were there and it was cold. And I said, Hey, um, I don't feel like carrying my jacket here. You wear it for me. And, you know, and it was like, you know, a good enough jacket. And well, I said, look, just I'm the grown up, you know, I don't want to hold this jacket. Can you hold it for me? So he put it on, and I could see he was more comfortable. So I said, look, I ended up with an extra lunch. You want it? No, I'm not hungry. And I said, well, then, if you don't want it, it's going to go to waste. So go find somebody to give it to. And he looked at me, and he opened the bag, and he ate the lunch. You know, he was a troubled kid. And the thing is, is that because of the fact that it was the correction, and later on, you know, he, he mentioned it to me, He said, I was, he said, that was the first time I was really scared of an adult in a long time. And I said, yeah. And he said, but you didn't hold it against me. Because, I mean, once it was over, it was over. And after that, I empathically connected to him. And I could sense that, you know, like most bullies, he was just scared. And he was, you know, he had to be, you know, to bully because he himself had been bullied. And so, you know, we started talking, and he would, you know, walk past the house or ride past the house, and, you know, and I'd say, Are you behaving yourself? And he goes, Yes, ma'am. And if something was going on, we'd talk. So we ended up having a very good, you know, relationship where, you know, he was very respectful. He learned that he had other tools because I looked him in the face and I said, You're better than this, you're smarter than this, you can be more. And he had told me later that I was the first person in his life to ever tell him that. And here he was, you know, in like fourth grade. And he had never been told, you're worth more. Because I knew that that's what he needed to hear. And I could project the honesty that I felt when I said that. He said, when you said that, I believed you. And, you know, it was like, yeah. Yeah. And we had to establish the pecking order first. We had to come to an understanding first. And he placed his hands on my son, which was not a thing. So um, it is important to... Well, first, it's important to make sure that the volume on your other thing is turned down. So anyway, um, empaths can project. Empaths can be very assertive sometimes empaths can even be narcissists and they can you know really use their abilities in very unkind ways to dominate others to push others and so you know never think for a single second just because someone is empathic that they are passive that would be a very poor guess to make and you know we are wonderfully kind, we are wonderfully understanding, and like everyone else, we have boundaries. So as an empath, don't feel that you have to be passive just because you're empathic. You don't cross a line. You make sure that what you're doing is in balance, because that's what empaths do. We restore balance. So, you know, it's not about going after somebody and keeping going after them. It's like, no, you correct what needs to be corrected. And when order is restored, you let it go. So, um, never underestimate the power of an empath or the temper, especially around their kids. (laughs) So thank you for joining me. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please leave them in the comments section. You can also follow me on Twitter and reach me through my Facebook group, Medicine Walk with Dr. Eileen. And you can if you have any you know any particular issues that you want to talk about, my email address is also in the description. If you'd like to support the channel, then uh, like this video and please consider subscribing if you haven't subscribed yet. So again, thank you for joining me. And this is Saturday, so uh, there won't be a broadcast tomorrow, but I'll be back on Monday. Until then, and as always, I wish you balance and I wish you blessings from my heart to yours. Love you and take care. Bye.